Hello there, and welcome to episode 67 of the Night Gallery podcast. My name's Chris Brown. Today we're going to be talking about the first story from episode 17 of season 2. It was an episode that was aired on uh, January 19th, 1972, and um, was written by Rod Serling, but based on a short story by C.B. Guilford, and directed by Ralph Zanensky. Um It's a story about faith again, but uh, this time it isn't quite as heartwarming as uh, tales that have gone previously. It's the miracle of Campofia. Good evening. In another world inhabited by ghouls, goblins, gremlins, and the generally grotesque, it's occasionally possible to put this sundry and myriad crew on canvas. And this we do in this arcade of the outrageous. Painting number one. A small item of hope and faith and despair. An excursion into the eerie in which we touch base with that fraternity of the dispossessed who seek out something miraculous in the way of cures and in the way of hope. Our painting is called The Miracle at Camafeo, and it's offering number one in this, the night gallery. Our story begins, well, it's a story about a few people, a few integral parts. There's a man called Joe Melkor. Melkor is uh, a fraudster, a crook. He's a man who's taken an insurance company for half a million pounds, uh, half a million dollars. He's took the money by pretending that he has crippled his back, uh, an injury that could possibly never cure him. Here's a wife who is slightly less keen on the scheme, but is unwilling to change the plan. And there's another man as well, a slight voice of conscience, uh, a Charlie Rogan. Rogan is the insurance claims investigator. He's the man who's trying to catch out the Melkors in this scheme. Um, Joe, well, Charlie, I should say, is quite a moral man. He isn't particularly bothered about the fact that they're ripping off the insurance company. It is merely part of his job. What annoys him is the fact that he's a man of faith and Joe's plan exactly how he's going to get away with the scheme that he has has set rankles. You see, they're in a small Mexican town, a town called Campofillo. Campofillo is, um, well, it's a shrine town. It's the type of place where the sick come to, to be cured holy grounds with with a, with a, a chapel on top and um, what Charlie realises that on the, the in the morning on the day of miracles Joe is going to be brought up on a board with his terrible back injury up to the temple and then be magically cured by by, by the gods or by, by the gods that's it <laughs> So it's slightly too cynical by 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 by, by God, and um, he will be you know released, be freed from his injury, and can go on with with his half a million pounds and live a normal life, despite the fact that the truth of the matter obviously is that he's just a fraud. 
and this rankles with Charlie and he gets the opportunity to speak to Joe's wife Gay um, in a bar the night before and makes his feelings known quite clearly why he's so annoyed. <laughs> yeah, there's a small Mexican village called Camafeo. There's a shrine there where people come from all over to pray for miracles. And this is where <laughs> Joe Melkor gets his walking papers. That's right. They carry him up on his stretcher to the shrine, and he comes running down. Now, who do we call as a witness to this uh, miracle? God? I don't care for this story, Mr. Rogan. I suggest you stick to insurance. Mrs. Melkor, you deliver a message to your husband for me. Tell him there's a man named Rogan down here who has a nose for fraud. It's an instinct, a sixth sense. You tell him that I can smell out a bunco quicker than a beagle can smell out a bird. You tell him that for me, huh? I'll deliver the message, Mr. Rogan. So it's our next day. It's a day of miracles, of hope. The injured, the crippled, the disabled, all you know, with their crutches and, and, and dreams, make the journey up the mountain with their faith in God so strong. The, um, on the way, um, well, it is Charlie who's the first to make the pilgrimage up with the people. And he sees a four-year-old boy who's blind and his family have great faith and he helps the child up to the top of the mountain. And he sees, um, he sees the faith that's within the boy and it touches him. Touches him greatly. Then um, he then decides. Well, it, he when he's up there, he speaks briefly to the priest and has a conversation about faith. And it's it, it's blatantly obvious that it, this what's happening is is upsetting to him. He's 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 frightened and annoyed by what's ha what's what's about, what's about to what's about to go down. And this isn't helped when he finally meets. The Melkors at the top of the mountain, and um, Joe turns to him. Ah, well, as much as he can do when he's got his back on a board, and uh, goads him effectively about what's about to happen. And um, Charlie is is angry and says that he won't. Yeah, he refuses basically to see what's about to happen, and goes down the mountain. Joe goes in. To be to to be cured to pray, and is obviously miraculously healed. And while he's pulling out that nonsense, there is an actual general general genuine miracle in the uh, in the yard outside the the chapel where everyone else is praying. A young boy, the four year old boy from before, is blind, can now see, and is cured. Down at the bottom of the mountain, Gay basically says to, to Charlie that she's going to leave her husband, that it's too much, that she won't testify that it was fraud, but will not stay with him any longer. At the top of the mountain, finally, it's, uh, Joe decides to leave the temple, the chapel, looks up at the sun and then 
as the screen goes white, he begins to scream. Help me! Somebody please help me. Help me somebody please. Joe? What's the matter? Help me. Help Diego. Somebody. Diego. Help me. I can't see. I can't see. So, so basically, um, the story is effectively I've twisted the end of the tale, and it's quite a Twilight Twilight Zone kind of twist. It feels like a, a, a sailing script. You know, not as not necessarily that all Twilight Zones have got, have got twists, but more the fact that, you know, somebody gets their comeuppance in a, a suitably macabre fashion and a, a, a fitting way. Um, but effectively, the, the story is that, uh, that this is Old Testament vengeance. The four-year-old boy is saved, but you're getting his ailments for goading God as it were. Not quite the uh, the forgiveness of the New Testament here. And as I was saying, it does have a feel of um, of, of, of Salem's uh, work in terms of, you know, rightful justice. Um, for me personally, I would say it's more a type of story that, um, that it's, it's more about, you know, it, 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 almost as if fate has laid its hand rather than a vengeful god, like a power that's slightly more macabre than, uh, uh, than, than of the the Virgin Marys, which uh, litter the area. Um, the other thing that really struck me was the fact that I mean, you can say I've, you can say this a lot about stuff, I and mean, we spoke about this about Lagoda's heads that it feels dated, but like that kind of story, I just don't think would be published on TV now in, in its current form. And I'm not just talking about people, maybe people in uh, in America, maybe uh, in this country as well for that matter, taking offence at the way religion is portrayed. But also the fact that the concept of, of, of religious miracles and whatnot, I don't think would would do it the same way. I don't think it would have the same flow. I don't think people would accept in large enough numbers, the um, the the fact that you know that 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 those kind of miracles would would happen are are commonplace. I mean, in in the UK, we there are obviously and in in America and, and obviously lords in France all have um, a certain kind of you know the pilgrimage elements to it. People go to shrines to be cured, to cure sick, and I, and I suppose modern day the closest to that would be lords. Um, and you know these these areas where the Virgin Mary pops up, and uh, there's still there's still places of pilgrimage and worship and, and hopes and prayers for uh, for for cures, uh, along amongst other things. However, I don't know. You just don't see that side of stuff on TV much anymore. Uh, I don't know if that's just because. There isn't a demand for it. Maybe, maybe there is in other countries, and I'm just going from it from a UK point of view. But what struck me was was 
the the there's a lot of faith in the story and faith in not just a forgiven and loving God but also one of, of retribution which I found interesting and um, a message you don't see very often anymore um, the story is extremely well written Salem pulls out a really really nice uh, really really nice script um, it's probably handled not quite as well as it could have been from director Ralph Senetsky. There are some great scenes in it. Our introduction to to Joe is 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 beautiful. He's um, you see him kind of we see him in shadow and silhouette, and then you see it talking for a while, and then finally he steps into out of the shadows and into the light, and we realise that Joe is a man who is a liar. You, you catch him. The audience is, is our insurance investigator this stuff at this time. And although you're pretty much sure he's a fraud already, it's pretty clear extremely early on that he really is a fraud. Um, it's a husband and wife team, actually. That's possibly why some of the acting is so good. Uh, Gay and Joe, the Melkors, are played by uh, Julie Adams, and Ray Danston, um, as a, as a husband who were married at the time. Um, also, um, Harry, uh, sorry, Charlie is played by Harry Gardino, um, who is a classic sailing kind of character, a voice of um, reason, and also. Not a man who's afraid to point a few fingers. Um, partic you know, his his standpoint is, is extremely moral, uh, but his reasoning about why he is so angry is possibly different to what a lot of you know would expect. I mean, you know, an insurance investigator you would you would normally think has the best thoughts of the people you know he works for at heart, and but but that's not really how Charlie plays it. Charlie's more of a kind of man who is uh, who's led by his faith, his faith in God, and is unwilling to let that the, the, the actions of this couple. It, it's that it's the fact that all all the you know the the actions of the couple mock the faith of those around him. It's that that really rankles. It's obviously you know that as as a core why. This hap what happens happens. That's that. I mean, he basically explains it to them. Um. It uh, well, the music is uh, unsurprisingly. It's it, it it's a bit different to. Uh, it doesn't use the classic night gallery, uh, incidental music uh, throughout it. It uses uh, music from Appaloosa, the Marlon Brando film. Uh, I think that is just to give it a bit, a bit of soul. But really, uh, yeah, we're in Mexico. It's got to have a bit of music from that kind of to evoke some kind of mood. Um, I was saying about the problems, and uh, they don't lie on the scripts or the acting. They're more to do with the way it's directed, and I think the reason for that is it, it's a TV movie, so you're struggling for scale. Um, you, you know, they, they're going up the hill. And you don't get a sense 
of a, of a, a pilgrimage of, of, of lots of people, of, of, of the sick. And also the chapel is obviously a set. And I, all those problems that they always have by filming stuff on the Universal Backlot, uh, they're just in absolute tons. And that's disappointing. But it's a reasonable enough story. And it's... It's well written. Um, it could have done with a bit more work, maybe, to to really hammer home Sailing's message, to give the story a sense of awe and wonder, which is what it needs. Here's, uh, here's a little token of my appreciation. No, don't look so surprised you give the place a bad name. From Tales of Faith, we go next week to um, another ghost story, another haunted house tale, uh, a night gallery staple by this stage, I think it's fair to say. Um, I'm sorry I've been away um, for longer than I anticipated. I was looking at the notes and I realised it's been pretty much two months. Um, last time was because of family problems. This time it's because I just needed a break. Um, I didn't really anticipate that the Night Gallery podcast would go beyond this year, but now it appears it will. Um, there were problems in terms of getting moving. We were moving hosts and stuff like that, and um, and that took longer than I'd, I thought it would. Um, I've still got these plans in terms of re-editing the first season of the podcast, uh, putting clips in and cleaning out some of the sounds because some of it's pretty bad. But um, that that and I was gonna do it in this period, but I just hadn't. I basically took took a break from it. Um, no particular reason. I just didn't think I needed needed a bit of time, proper time off from it. So we're gonna. This is it now. I'm not, I don't anticipate any more breaks. We're gonna just soldier on. There's something in the region of thirty episodes probably left of the podcast to do. Maybe a little bit more. Um, I'd like to get up to 100, but we'll see. Uh, I'm not going to just do podcasts for the sake of doing podcasts to kind of stretch it out so we hit that milestone. So, all in all, probably done by, uh, you know, early, early Jan maybe late January, early February next year. Um, just so you know, really, uh, I, I promise I won't, I won't, I won't abandon you for months and ends again. I know what it's like when you're listening to podcasts and the, literally, I just did just, disappear for a bit um, and you know people have been asking about me and thanks for those who contacted me saying you know uh, uh, am, I, am I gonna finish this off uh, I am if you want to get in contact with me like all those lovely people that did you can do at Chris and the Twilight Zone Network.com uh, that's probably that way or my a private Twitter account at orange underscore monkey they're the two easiest ways to get hold of me uh, other ways are on our website though, uh, Uh There's links to our Facebook page, and you know, there's there's all the all those stuff that we put online. We there's there's be more stuff in my absence, uh, some fiction, and some book reviews. If you want to check it out, check it out. Some good stuff on there. Um, the aim is you know to 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 put as much as we can on, and have a real like really good and wide and varied base for Sailing's work. Um, next week, as I was saying, we have ghosts, ghosts of ghost galore. Uh, the ghost of Solworth Place is is next up. Um, it's a okay story. It's certainly one uh, a lot of people enjoy. 
Um, after that, there's um, some good stuff coming as well. Um, the waiting room, uh, last rite of a dead druid, which I really like. Uh, deliveries in the rear. So there's some good stuff coming. Uh, so until then, until next week, and it will be next week. Take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye.